hello, and welcome to Off the Books, where we're surfing the uncharted waters of accounting, finance, and wherever else the waves take us. This episode is brought to you by Workiva, the risk reporting and compliance platform that simplifies complex work. Check it out at workiva.com slash podcast. I'm Steve Soder, accounting enthusiast and Diet Coke aficionado, and today I am your host. I'm also an accountant, but I still like asking questions of others in accounting so finance professionals can do their jobs better. Well, today we have no other accountants with us, which should make this conversation fun and interesting. And while not an accountant, we are joined by the always well-dressed, well-groomed, and well-spoken Nick Rinkowski. Nick, can you introduce yourself for our audience? How do you do, everyone? I'm Nick Rinkowski, a sometime host of this show. Now on the other side of the coin, I'm a, a cream soda aficionado such as this, and I'm looking forward to debiting a little uh, out-of-my-wheelhouse humiliation today. I love it. And Nick, I've been waiting to go through that for almost 60 episodes at this point, so this is great. That's right. The tables have turned, Steve. (laughs) Yes, they have. Well, I'm sure our audience can tell, and Nick, I'm sure you can tell. We've mixed things up a little bit. So in two earlier episodes of Off the Books, we've had fun with accounting memes, and we're going to try to do that again today. But this time... We're going to see if you, Nick, can describe the memes and divine both the humor behind them and the accounting substance behind them. And to our audience, if this is a disaster, we promise to only try this maybe half a dozen more times. So so to clarify, Nick, I will show you a meme. Uh, you're going to describe it for the audience and then tell us why you think this is funny and then maybe give us any clues, if possible, as to how this pertains to accounting. So... Nick, how are you feeling about this? Any questions? Oh, I feel terrible. I am looking forward. I, as someone who asks questions of experts, I only pretend to halfway know what I'm talking about on this show. So now to have it be, be so exposed uh, and out there that I, I know very little about accounting is daunting. So any questions? Not right now. I'm sure I will have many, many, many once I see the memes. All right. I love it. Well, I know our audience can't see this, but I am displaying to you now uh, a meme. Why don't you go ahead and uh, why don't you describe it for us? Okay. Well, this is a is a is a erstwhile meme lord. This is a fairly common one, at least the image. We've got Sean Bean here from the Lord of the Rings, and the during the scene in which in the movie he says one does not simply, I think, walk into Mordor or go into Mordor or anyway. Um, something about visiting Mordor, and in this case, he's saying one does not simply ignore the difference of three cents. Um, uh, as you can tell from my uproarious laughter, I'm not sure I, I 100% get it, um, but it seems, again, just knowing from the other instances of seeing this meme, uh, I'm guessing that the idea is that accountants... Uh, now, now, not only have I exposed my ignorance, I'm going to start insulting our audience a little bit. Accountants, pedants, and and uh, detail obsessives as they are, know that the difference between three cents, which to a regular person may not seem like much, um, but can make the difference between doing a good job and jail, potentially, in the accounting field. So that ignoring the difference of three cents is the equivalent, then, of, of going into... Uh, the the home world of the Dark Lord Sauron uh, in Mordor. Am I am I close to the am I close to the truth at all, Steve? Uh, you know what? I think I think you're getting there. So 
for the Lord of the Rings uh, fandoms out there. So this is uh, Boromir, the son of Denethor II. <laughs> Good. And I only had to say that because I Googled it just so I could sound smart. Sure. So, uh, you know, give me a little bit of credit there. Smart but... isn't quite the word I was looking for. Nerdy, <laughs> um, single is another word I might have used for, for having that knowledge <laughs> offhand. But anyway, go ahead. Uh, we're going to lose listeners. Well, I I, th- I think you're right. I think the stereotype is definitely that accountants want to balance to the penny. Uh, sometimes that tr- that's true, right? If you're, uh, you know, you're like clearing out or reconciling a cash register, for example, uh, you know, you probably want to get down to the penny or close to it. But but often enough, uh, Nick, that stereotype is not true. There's a, mm. a concept called materiality which basically means that small differences that nobody cares about uh, are not anything that accountants should care about either. So sometimes that might be three pennies that is small enough that nobody cares. Sometimes it might be 3,000. Sometimes it might be 3 million. Sometimes 300 million actually can easily be passed, uh, can passed over and, uh, and, and not really worried about. Um, and it kind of depends on what you're doing, right? If you're going to balance a trial balance or you're going to reconcile a bank account or whatever, or maybe you're just going to compare, hey, this is the thing that happened this month, but I expected something else to happen, so why was it different? But uh, the stereotype most often is not true. I would say most accountants don't care much about three pennies, uh, and in some cases may not care about $300 million for that matter. My goodness. what I, I would love to get to that place where I don't care about $300 million. So what <laughs> you're saying is that if you were running Steve Soder's Super Soda Shop, uh, and your margins were relatively narrow. Three cent, you know, your your accountant, or if you were doing your own books every day, you would want to balance to make sure everything is accounted for. But Apple, uh, Alphabet, you know, when they're when they're doing their books, it's impossible to see where some of this money walks away from. So if they're if they're not quite lined up, as long as they're within a certain margin, it's fine. Uh, yeah, and, and I think the important thing there, I mean, you hit it spot on. Steve Soder's soda shop definitely would be down to the penny, especially if you're talking about Diet Cokes. Right. Um, but, but yeah, if you're a really big company, um, it, it, you would definitely need to raise that threshold a little bit for a couple of reasons. First of all, you're not necessarily talking about cash or dollars. Um, all the dollars are accounted for. The question is, are they all in the right place or in the right bucket? And if there's a difference between how those are categorized, that's large or small, you know, you may or may not care. I think the other thing is it just becomes a matter of time. You know, if I have to get out a 10Q or a 10K or a report to my board or probably most importantly, the results to my executive team, uh, they probably don't want me taking an extra week just so I can, you know, reconcile down to the penny, which frankly, it'd be a level of uh, detail that probably is not going to move the needle for them from a decision-making standpoint. So there's an efficiency component to it as well, which is probably the biggest driver, I think, of that concept of materiality. Okay, so this meme is a little tongue-in-cheek in that you very much can ignore the difference of three cents. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. See, we got there, Nick. We got there. You were so concerned, but but you hit the nail right on the head, I think. Uh, well, uh, I think you might have given me the easy one to get started. Well, maybe I did. I didn't want to scare you off too quickly here. Sure. So... Anything else on this first one? Or are we uh, we ready to move to the next one? Well, I think just that poor Sean Bean always seems to die early in these fantasy. You know, he was he's Boromir who dies in the first movie, and then he gets his head shot cut off in uh, 
in um, what is it, Game of Thrones, pretty early on in that. He, he, guy get, he just can't last to a, a finale. Well, so what he needs to do is back to our earlier conversation about non-fungible tokens. Mm. He needs to make his meme, his personification into an NFT. Then maybe he can earn some cash at uh, this notoriety. Now we're talking. Now there you go. Okay. All right. So let's let's move on to the next one. Okay. Uh, why don't you go ahead and describe what you're seeing? Well, this one also very versatile. I've seen this one uh, before as well. We've got Vince McMahon uh, of the WWE, which when I was a kid was the WWF. Although I should, this is one of the only people in that world who I do recognize. Uh, I am. I was never. Uh, an adherent uh, of, of professional wrestling, but he is the CEO or, you know, but he also does, a, I don't know if he does any wrestling, but he sometimes, he, anyway, he's the face of the, the WWE. And there's three panels here. And in the first one, he's looking at the text fairly excitedly. And the text says, Ledger, balanced, Ledger balances matched. Uh, and then in our second panel, um, the text says balance sheet matched, and he's looking at it even more excitedly. And then in the third panel, let's say he's over the top with excitement. He's, he's quite pleased now. Um, mouth agape, eyes to the heavens. He could not be more excited that the text says cash flow statement matched. Now, I have no idea. what a, I couldn't tell you a ledger balance um, from a, a balance beam. But my, my guess is, based on, on the progression, is that, match, that, it, that matching a ledger balance is fairly easy, whereas matching a cash flow statement is very difficult. And so when that gets done, with the balance sheet matching somewhere in between those two things, so when the, the cash flow statement gets matched, hooray, we've done it, this is very exciting stuff. Uh, you know what? I... Uh, I, I... I'm pleased. Uh, I'm pleased with your with your response there, Nick. You did a great job. So, uh, so yes. Are you are Vince McMahon in the third panel with my response there? Is what you're saying? I'm <laughs> Vince McMahon with the third panel. Oh my goodness, I love it. Well, for I, I guess to to be honest here, so I am or was anyway uh, somewhat of a fan of the WWF of, as a sixth grader. Yeah. Uh, it was on Saturdays, I think, at 10 o'clock, or maybe that was American Gladiators before that, but two hours of quality television to distract me from my Saturday chores as a, a young, uh, budding uh, elementary school accountant. So, uh, yes. But back to the substance of the meme itself. So, yeah, ledger balances matched. Generally, that's pretty straightforward. Uh, I'm simplifying here a little bit, but if you think about accounting and a double entry accounting system, what that really means is that you're going to track everything twice, uh, one on the right hand, one on the left hand, and then you would hope that by the time you've gone through all of that, those should match mathematically, right? The debit should equal the credits. Um, that then goes to, you know, a series of kind of places among those would be your balance sheet. So once you've kind of prepared the balance sheet, um, you know, your, uh, Assets equals your liabilities plus owner's equity. The uh, famous accounting equation, once that has kind of matched, then you know you're on the right track. And cash flow, you know, cash flows are a little different. Cash flows can, can are, are calculated slightly differently than the others. There's various ways that those can be messed up. It's a highly complex process, which a shameless plug here is one that Workiva deftly solves. But uh, yeah, that's why Vince is so darn excited. Once you get past that cash flow, everything matches and ties out. Uh, you are euphoric, uh, as uh, uh, Vince seems to be in this meme. Now, uh, you mentioned you were this—you were a fan when you were a kid. 
were you familiar at all or know of, this might have been a little bit later, but the, the Honky Tonk Man. The Honky Tonk Man. It rings a bell, but I got to be honest with you, I can't picture it. This is really my only connection. The Honky Tonk Man, I think, was sort of a secondary, you know, he wasn't in the Hulk Hogan, um, Randy Savage stratosphere, but he was part of the, the universe, and he was our neighbor in Memphis, Tennessee, uh, where I lived and, and when I was a kid. And so he, that was the, I knew he was a professional wrestler, uh, uh, and he, he would, he had, a, he had a tanning bed in his home, and I thought that was the height of luxury when I was eight or nine years old. Like wow, he can he can tan anytime we want. So anyway, there you go. Uh, Rick Flair, I think, is also from Memphis, although I, he did not live near us. Did you ever go knock on the door? Uh, excuse me, Mister Man, could I borrow the tanning bed? <laughs> Mister, he's like, please, man. My dad was Mister Man. Just call me Honky Tonk. Uh, no, it, it never happened. Um, but a, he was in the neighborhood, and it was our, our local celebrity. So there you go. I love it. Well, this has been a, a lot of fun. We do need to stop, uh, press, put a pin in the fun just for a second uh, for a brief commercial, but we'll be right back with more um, of the Venn diagram of pop culture and, and accounting uh, knowledge that I may or may not possess. We'll be right back. Today's episode of Off the Books is brought to you by Workiva. I found a website yesterday called LooksLikeYouNeedIceland.com, created by the Tourism Bureau of Iceland, the country. In an effort to help people, wherever they are, release some stress, you can record yourself screaming, upload it to the site, and they will blast that scream over loudspeakers in the Icelandic wilderness. Yes, dear listener, if you listen really, really hard and visit the outskirts of Reykjavik at 3 a.m., you can hear Steve scream bloody murder about 7-Eleven running out of Diet Coke Slurpee. If your scream, as you think of it, would mention something about terrible compliance and risk and reporting processes, let me introduce you to Workiva. Yes, Workiva, automate all that awful, useless copy and pasting and spend more time actually doing your job. Fancy that. Communicate with your colleagues right inside the platform without sending emails or text messages or screaming into the Nordic wild. Work Kiva, it is the risk and reporting catharsis you've been longing for without hurting your precious vocal cords. Check out workiva.com slash podcast to learn more and to get a demo. That's W-O-R-K-I-V-A dot com slash podcast. Welcome back to Off the Books. I'm Nick Rinkowski, switching seats with Steve Soder, who is the host this week and is grilling me on accounting things. Uh, which is why, you know, you're not going to learn much about accounting today. So uh, we have been looking at memes uh, for the first part of our show, and I've been trying to decipher what they mean with what I'll call um, various levels of success. I think in, the, in, the, in terms of balancing the books, I'm about 300 million off from getting these exactly right, but I'm having a good time. So what's our, our, uh, are, we, are we ready for our next meme, Steve? Uh, well, I'd ask you that question, Nick. I've got a couple more queued up as long as you're at game to keep going. Of course, and I believe you brought a clip. I did. So for this one, now this involves Christopher Walken, and I cannot, I can't get enough Christopher Walken, just like he couldn't get enough cowbell. Let me play a clip here for our audience, and uh, I think they'll know exactly which uh, meme we're talking about. Guess what? I got a fever. And the only prescription is more cowbell. <laughs> Okay. Uh, classic. It's a classic. But 
that's the original from Saturday Night Live. Nick, why don't you go ahead and describe uh, uh, the meme here that you're looking at? So we, again, we've got a picture of Mr. Walk in there at the, with the aviator sunglasses in the, in the booth uh, from that skit from Saturday Night Live. And the, the text says, and I'm, I'll do my best here, I got a fever, and the only prescription is more top sides. So uh, I've got to tell you, I am out to sea. Uh, a top side... Um, where I come from, we're talking about a shoe, a top cider. Uh, I can't imagine that is, is what we're referring to here. But obviously, based on the, the meme, I can um, uh, intuit that this is a good thing, that top sides, like, like the pleasing dulcet tones of a cowbell, uh, are something that you would want more of. Um, but outside of that, I'll do my, my very best. And this, this, I'm, this is going to be a big swing and a mess. A top side is a shortened version. I don't know, money off the top or, uh, and you've got two diametrically opposed ideas here, top and side. So which is it? Top sides. I don't know. You got to tell me. You know what? You're, you're close. And, and, and I got to hand it to you. Uh, you were getting awfully close on the uh, Christopher Walken accent hey. there. I think I think what Off the Books needs is more Christopher Walken. That's what I think we need. Guess what? <laughs> anyway, no, I, I don't think anybody needs more Christopher Walken over here. Uh, anyway, yes, please, please stop me from my, uh, save me from myself. No problem. So what's a topside? So, um, so topsides um, are basically changes that you would make to the financial statements once they're prepared and at the very, very end of the process. Now, sometimes you've got systems that won't, you know, uh, integrate exactly or consolidate in, in quite the right way would be the term that we would use. So you may need a topside adjustment, which is literally you have like the balance sheet or the income statement. And you're literally just going to go in and, and change one number to something else and change another number to something else. So it still reconciles and balances. Uh, sometimes that's done because of system limitations. Often that can be done because you found an error, you found a mistake, uh, it needs to be fixed. A lot of times that'll happen in, uh, um, in conjunction with uh, auditors being out there. You know, they might find something or you might find something, and so you have these topside adjustments. Um, and, you know, what's interesting about this one is uh, here he says, you know, the only prescription is more topsides as if it was a good thing. Mm -hmm. um, I would say that topsides are not ideal, but they can definitely be helpful. Um, and uh, and allow you to get an efficient reporting cycle done. Now the challenge is with top sides is if you're just going to make them to the very top, um, they are not recorded uh, in the general ledger. So in the true system of record, actually back to the general ledger balancing that we talked about. Right. So uh, at one company, uh, I won't name the name of the company that I worked for, but it was regular for us to have anywhere from uh, 75 to 100 top side entries every single quarter. And tracking those, Nick, actually became a, uh, an enormous problem because you'd report these numbers and then you'd have to go back and like, hey, we got to get all this stuff recorded. So I got a fever. The only prescription is more topsides, but sometimes the medicine might be worse than the cure. Right. Okay. All right. So this is, again, another, a little bit like our, like our Boromir meme that it, it's, it's a little ironic. There's, uh, it's not, topsides are kind of, um, uh, situational in terms of being beneficial. That is correct. What I would say is that if you have an organization like the one that I mentioned with um, lots and lots and lots of top sides, 
that might be an indication that uh, uh, that there could be some upstream uh, uh, accounting problems, uh, let's say, that uh, that might need to be solved. But uh, any way we can weave in Christopher Walken, I, I got to tell you, we, we need to take opportunity for, to, to do that. Hey, I got, that's, all, that's all I got. Okay, uh, well then, <laughs> speak, if you were talking about upstream problems, we can move downstream a little bit to this last one, which is a, a delightful image. Thank you very much for sharing this with me, Steve. Yeah, you're welcome. I hope it's not lunchtime. We have a gentleman, there's two panels here. Uh, we've got a, a gentleman, and there's no delicate way to put this without being euphemistic. He's sitting on the toilet. Uh, he appears to be using it the way it's intended to be used and is on his phone, as most of us are in, in that position. Uh, he appears to be a business person. We've got glasses. We've got a, uh, we've got a, um, a tie. And beneath him, it says FIFO or F-I-F-O. Perhaps that's a, I'm assuming this is a, um, what is it, an anagram. I'm not sure if that is an anagram. Anyway, it stands for something. And then in our second panel, he's, he's not using the toilet the way it's meant to be used. He seems to be, um, uh, well, again, no delicate way of putting this, puking his guts out right into the bowl. Uh, and underneath it, it says LIFO, L-I-F-O. So, again, just intuiting from, from this crude drawing, uh, FIFO is good, or at least is, is neutral, and LIFO is sickening, um, is very bad. So bad that it will make you um, avoid yourself. Uh, I don't know what those two things are. F I F O. The if they are indeed a something that stands for something, the I F O are the are the common denominator. Maybe they stand for the same thing. Insurance, financial organization. I I mean I could I could guess all day, um, but that that F is good and L is bad. L may be low or uh, I. But again, I could I, I could throw darts at the wall, but that's all it would be. I'm gonna guess it's some kind of organization, and there's a a good branch and a bad branch, or a branch that if they interact with you, perhaps you're in trouble, or you've you've been audited, or you have to do extra work. Uh, but that's 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 all I've got. Well, it it was a valiant effort and <laughs> uh, uh, actually well thought out explanation. I would say that um, the differences between FIFO and LIFO, if you explain them, are totally wrong. What? But um, that's okay. We're going to get to that. Our audience might remember that we actually talked about FIFO and LIFO in a previous accounting memes episode. This was related to the 2020 election results. Uh, and some of the things that, that kind of swung and happened the, the evening that the, uh, the returns were, were counted and reported. But if you think about FIFO and LIFO, what you're really talking about is the way that you uh, count um, and record inventory. Uh, again, not to get into too much detail, but you can't know how much money you made unless you know how much inventory you sold. And if you're looking at a warehouse that is full of the exact same product, but you pay different prices, slightly different prices for all of the items in the warehouse, it could be hard to figure out uh, how much money you made. So FIFO, F-I-F-O, stands for first in, first out, meaning the first piece of inventory that I put in there is the first that I'm going to count when something got sold, and LIFO is the opposite. This meme got a little more disgusting based on the, <laughs> by the description. <laughs> I, I like I like my version better, but anyway, go ahead. Okay, so now we've explained first in, first out, and that does make sense, and I'm going to go ahead and guess that now we've got last in, first out. That is exactly right. If you think about the normal operation of a human digestive tract, right, you're going to eat food, and, and it's going to be digested uh, accordingly. However, uh, if it hits the stomach and uh, ends up being rejected a little early, it will take the early out, right, which 
generally that would be the last thing you ate, which in that case, uh, puking your guts out would be the first thing that comes out. So I got to tell you, when I saw this one, I fell off my chair laughing. Uh, this was a gem. I have no idea to whom we can credit uh, uh, f for this meme, but they did a phenomenal job. Well, yeah, that's very vivid. Um, yes, that, that helps. And a, a thing that you wouldn't necessarily need to illustrate this way, because there's nothing particularly wrong with last in, first out, right? Right, right. Okay, so this and this interesting because I thought that the, the the illustration is so direct. I was like, well, I might not know what those two things are, but I'm going to get the idea that one is good and one is bad. But that isn't the case, and this is just a very creative, albeit uh, disgusting, uh, way of illustrating the principle. And now I'll never forget it, ever, 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 Steve. So thank you. Well. You know, this is a little graphic, Nick, but the inventory has got to get out one way or the other. Uh, and uh, this illustrates both options, I would say. So There you go. Nick, thank you. You have been a very good sport, and uh, this has been a lot of fun. But uh, you know what else is fun, Nick? Summertime. And so after a long pandemic-infused winter, you know, many of us are looking forward to their summer plans. Uh, closing question of the day, Nick, what's on your list of things to do this summer? It's going to be what's on always on the summer list, just a little bit more of it. I would say the pool, to be sure, and then traveling. Uh, you know, we haven't got to do much of that, and I've got plans at the wazoo, mostly domestic. Uh, but my everyone in my house is vaccinated who needs to be, and uh, we're going to get out and hit the road and then go to the pool. Uh, is You know, I can't wait. It's a, it's a rainy, sunny day, uh, rainy, dreary day, and it has been all week this week in central Iowa. And I look forward to getting some of those 90 degree days with the sun shining and, and hitting the, the artificial beach. How about you? Uh, you know, same, same. We've, uh, we do have some domestic travel planned. Uh, my kids and I actually, uh, with my wife, are all going to try to check out New York City and Washington, D.C., which oh. is kind of the marquee trip that we're taking our oldest son. Lovely. Uh, won't be too much longer before he uh, heads off on his own, so we're trying to get in a few things. Well, you can't beat New York in the summer. That hot garbage smell is just a... It's it's the lifo of... of um, <laughs> I, I kid, I kid. I love New York City, and I like it in the summer, although it, 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 go, go back in the late uh, fall. That's my favorite time in the city. Well, I uh, I, I agree. Um, unfortunately, school schedules don't quite line up that way, but... Uh, That's correct. And it is great in the summer, too. You go to Coney Island, uh, any number of other things. Fun time to do. Um, the Rockaways, it's great. Definitely. Well, I am Steve Soder. This has been Off the Books. Uh, thanks again to Nick Rinkowski for being such a great sport. Thanks to our audience uh, for joining us. Please subscribe, leave an Apple Podcast review, and tell your buddies if you like the show. If you've got a question, you want to join us, yell at us, or compliment us, please send a note to offthebooks at workiva.com. Surf's up, and we'll see you on the next wave.